Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday. We got into the end of the week, Friday, April 15th. Is it tax day? I think April 18th. They, uh, they've changed it. You think, oh, it's April 15th. It's time to pay your taxes. I think it's the 18th. I, 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 I filed for extension, so I don't have to file until October, but I still, you still have to pay. You still have to pay the estimated whatever. So I paid all that already. So it's still, it's tax day, tax day. Let's make, let's, let's make our money back from the taxes. Whenever I, whenever I pay taxes, playing DFS. Like when you play, it's a good thing. It's a good, like I, you make it sound like it's a bad thing. If you're paying to, if you're getting a 1099 from DraftKings, FanDuel, wherever, that's a good thing. But here in the United States, uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pay income tax, right? So it's, so it always sucks when it's like, I had a really great DFS year. And then you, 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 you look at your tax bill, how much you owe in taxes. And it's like, it's like the government is going and they're just taking, taking a GPP just away from you. They're just like, you know that GPP you won for 50,000? We want it. No, it's not. That's that's our win, right? Should I, I I buy jerseys. I just got yesterday the Cole Anthony jersey. Yesterday, that, that I, I always buy any GPP, large field. It has to be large field. That uh, that I win 30K or more, winning first place. I buy, I buy the jersey of the lowest owned player in the lineup. And uh, that was Cole Anthony a couple of weeks back. What? Yeah, about three, three, four weeks back in NBA, three weeks, I think, on FanDuel. And so I bought the Cole Anthony jersey that came in yesterday. But it's like it's like the government just said, you know, you know what that happened? That that we're taking that. We're taking that. But that's the that's the way that's the way the cookie crumbles. And we actually, we actually have we actually have, if you want to, if you want to learn about your taxes, if you're this late, right? You got three days to file or something, or you may you could always file an extension. Uh, pro tips on DFS and sports betting taxes video with dfsaccounting.com which uh, we, we hear at Rotogrinders some of some of some of our people here use dfsaccounting.com it's a video uh, on the on the YouTube channel and uh, stuff in the stuff in the for if you if you go to go to the website you'll 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 see stuff about that so if you, if you need advice if you need help if you need free if, if you're if you're making a lot of money in dfs and you need some tax advice go to dfsaccounting.com but uh, but yeah so so yeah, so tax day, we got we got to win, we got to win our money back for for from from uh from the IRS. Uh, looking through the YouTube chat, give me those thummy thumbs as usual in the morning. Thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs. Everyone likes the thummy thumbs. Like and subscribe, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and Suki Suki Singh has got has got to start beating out infamous talk in real life pitches. Come coming much later, right? He says so my first year in MLB on DK. Okay, you got you played about six slates. Okay. I will start winning as soon as my pitcher starts doing their job. But welcome to MLB DFS. Welcome. Especially if you're playing a DraftKings because you play two of them, right? So now it's like, okay, two people that they seem to like, why why wouldn't they have a good game? And then all of a sudden they get shelled for 10 runs. Welcome to MLB DFS. That's the way it is. It You'll always be in a situation, like 90% of the time, you'll be in a situation where it's like, I really nailed the batters. I got the right stacks. I got played 20 lineups or whatever. I got the right stacks. Didn't get the right pitchers, right? And then the other half of the time, it'll be like, really nail the pitchers, but some weird stack goes off that you have none of. It's like, didn't get the stacks right. It's always, that's what it's always going to be. Or you get the stacks right, but you don't have the one, you don't have Manny Machado, right? You played Telegai did yesterday. I played a lot of Texas yesterday. And, uh, 
didn't play any any Padres. So Manny Machado's the. He, I mean, if you Texas plus San Diego plus Musgrove plus Severino, I guess, or Gausman would have would have got would have gotten you in the nuts pretty much. And uh, I didn't have the San Diego part of it, right? That that that's that's pretty much it. When, if you don't have one little part of it, you're done. You're done, right? So when Machado hit that that home run, uh, going five for five, uh, yeah, my 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 uh. My chances were were small. I I I I didn't play much of the the Coors game, the Rockies Cubs game, and uh, and yeah, and I, my 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 goal yesterday was to the three on shorter slates like that six game slates. I I played I played fifty lineups yesterday, and I basically just like okay, I'm playing the Dodgers over the the Cubs and the Rockies. And I'm going to stack against, I'm going to play batters against Musgrove and against Okani and against Bueller, the highest owned pitchers. 46% for Bueller, 43% for Otani, 32% for Musgrove. Do I consider all any of these guys like aces, ace? No, it's a, it's a six game slate. So I played, I played some Texas. I played some Atlanta. That didn't work out. Played some Cincinnati, right? And then in the other lineups that, like, I if I was stacking Atlanta, I may have Otani in that lineup on DraftKings, playing two pitchers, right? So I'm playing both sides. Like, I want, I want one of these, I want one of these guys to do really good, and one of these guys to do really bad, right? And that's what ended up happening, pretty much, right? Musgrove did great, and Otani got shelled. Didn't really get shelled. I mean, basically Jonah Hines showed up for for whatever reason, ninth hitter, and I had a bunch of them. I'd have been seven out of my 50 lineups. He ended up in my, my Ranger stacks. Still didn't, I didn't make money. Didn't matter. Because I mean, if I wasn't playing in those lineups, Bueller, Otani, and Musgrove, then who was I playing? Well, I had a lot of Charlie Morton, right? That didn't, that didn't work out. But I still had, I had Severino. I had, I had Severino in half my lineups. He was the top projected play in the bat. Uh, very efficient, 82 pitches. Ended up getting the win, 24 points for 7,400. Musgrove did better, but Musgrove plus Severino. And I, I guess, what, what was Gausman? Gausman was like 10% owned. I hate that I can't sort by position. Yeah, 23 points, 10%. Okay. You could have used him, but he was more expensive, 8,500. Right, that type of thing. And then you needed Texas. And then then no, no other one-offs that you needed from anywhere else. I mean, you could have had like Trout or Will Smith or, you know, something or Al... Mondesina, I guess I guess shortstop people scored more. Corey Seager scored 23. Schwindel scored 21. Yeah, you could have gotten there with some one-offs. Not much happened in the outfield position, though, yesterday. Really. Like, we had three catchers that scored over 20 points or something, but, like, barely any outfielders. Did any outfielders score 20 points? Any of them? So I was noticing. I looked up a lot of my lineups that had, like, Seager and Heim and Nathaniel Lowe and, and, and good lineups. And uh, like my outfield was like three points here, 11 points, like Willie Calhoun, 11 points who got a uh, pinch hit four by Solak. And then like a, like three points for Connor Joe. And like, I'm looking, I'm like, in, I'm still in like 102nd place out of however many, 15,000 or something. So I'm like, oh, no one did very well in the outfield. That was me yesterday. I still lost money. That, that's the way it is at MLB DFS. You have to, you have to get it perfect. You're just going to bleed money until until you get it perfect. And then you're, you're hoping 
that you, even though you're losing 90% of the time, that the 10% of the time that you do win, you win a lot of money. That's just the name of the game. You get your picture right, you get your batters wrong. You get your batters right, you get your pitchers wrong. You get everything right, and the game gets rain delayed, and, and that's it. Out of the blue. Something like that. Directional bias. Uh, oh, I, I, I called him yesterday, Direction Albius. Yesterday. It turns out, I, I believe it's directional bias. That, that, that would probably was very funny to him, or her, or whoever. Is a direction Albius. It's like thinking that like that that was, someone's name is Albius or something. Direction Albius. Okay. No, directional bias. That makes more sense. Projections are funny for high variance sports. I tend to just look at them grading as a curve. Correct. People treat the medians way too like like way too way too much like basketball. Wait, oh, that's that, or or they just consider that whatever that that middle number is, that's that's the prediction of what's gonna happen. Right. High variance sports like baseball, like just like what I say about MMA. Like we take a look at MMA projections. You'll see a fighter that is for his median projection is 68. And, and, and it's a it's, it's a heavyweight fight, right? It's a heavyweight fight with inside the distance lines of like plus 120 or something. The fight doesn't go to the distance like 80 percent of the time. It doesn't make it to the doesn't even make it to the decision. And the, and the two fighters, one is projected for 68 and one is projected for 53, right? As, as, as a median projection. Like these guys don't score those points. Like you, you, will, you will not see either fighter score anywhere between 50 and 70 points. Like it's so very infrequent of the time. One guy's going to score like, like 70 to 120 and the other guy's going to score like 10 or maybe even less. And that's gonna that's that, that's the range of outcomes. And three maybe three percent of the time, it goes to a decision in a slow, sloppy fight, and you know the winner is sixty three, and the loser has twenty or something. That's like three percent, but most of the time you, you're not gonna, you're not just yes, that's the middle number between all those outcomes, but it's more bimodal than anything, right? So if you took it's not a it's not a normal distribution, right? Sixty eight as a median. Is not the number like we? I'll show you, right? We go normal distribution. I mean, this is important. Let's say the bimodal. I've showed this stuff before, but right. So, like a normal distribution is what we think of when we think of projections. We take a look here, right? And I bring this out, right? So, if we take a look here, what we think of as a median projection, we look at right in the middle. Right, where you know this is the one standard deviation up, one standard deviation down. Right, we see here, this is the 689599 rule, which, which I, I talked about in the theory of DFS course. So, this is what we think normally about sports with their projections in a normal distribution. NBA fits more of this type of distribution, where if someone's projected for 40 points, it's 40 in the middle, and then like here's 35, here's a 45. And it goes like that. And most of the results are somewhere within one standard deviation of that median. So in four, if the median is 40, like, yeah, they'll score somewhere between 25 and 55, like, like in this 68% zone. That's a normal distribution. A bimodal distribution, on the other hand, is where it's, there's like bumps like this. 
let's bring this. Right? So even though from a median perspective, here's the median right here, right? In that little gap. So the median, like in that example of four, let's say the median was 40. And I'm getting an email thing that I can't get rid of. Oh, there we go. Uh, 40. Like if this is 40 and this is 25 and this is 55, like there aren't that many results that are outcomes that are around 40. It's actually more towards either 25 or 55. So this is be a bimodal distribution. The two ways you should think about uh, projections. Now, not, not, no player fits this exactly. We fit either, either of these exactly. It's just which, which way do you mentally think about what a projection means? In MMA, in golf, and in baseball, think more bimodal. In uh, NBA and NFL, to some extent, NFL is not as normal as NBA, but it's still not, it's not necessarily bimodal as much. Think more like more like this. Soccer, soccer is another more of a bimodal type of sport. Right? You play soccer, you, you look at our soccer projections, you'll probably see a Cristiano Ronaldo uh, for tomorrow's slate have a have a good have a you know a, a maybe maybe a 17-point projection or something like that. Probably good for 8,900 on tomorrow's DK slate. But he doesn't, he, he either scores or he doesn't score. Now he's minus 210 to score anytime tomorrow. So most likely he scores one, right? More than 50 for more than 60% of the time. But he doesn't do anything else much. He doesn't accrue many points on the pitch other than goals and shots when he touches the ball because he's a center forward. So if he doesn't score, it's not like he could get, he really could get 12 points otherwise. He's going to be sitting there with five points. And if he, he could score four goals and end up with 48 points. So his range of outcomes looks more like this, that he doesn't hit the median as often as more above and below. We see that in baseball with guys that look at Joey Gallo. There's a good example. Joey Gallo, basically, he either walks, he either strikes out, or he hits a home run. So if you take a look and you go like how many, there's tons of outcomes that are zeros, threes, fives here. And there are tons of outcomes that are 14s, 16s, 20s or more here. But the median of both of this is like eight. Joey Gallo rarely scores eight points, right? He does, it's not like he's just slap hitting and getting on base and scoring runs or whatever. He typically striking out or hitting a home run. So even though the median projection, all oh, that looks good. And then you get frustrated when he goes 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. You go, oh, he got a zero. That's nowhere near the projection. Yeah, that's within the range of outcomes based on his distribution. So that's why a lot of people, one of the edges in DFS is taking advantage of median projections. Not everyone's median projection means the same thing. And people overvalue things. Like, yeah, I had a ton of the Yankees yesterday. But I know the Yankees are a high variance team. I want to play the Yankees, that type of team. A lot of power hitters that could also strike out a ton, right? So they could put up a ton of runs, or they could they could get you know they could kind of look what Gausman did yesterday. I, I typically want to play those types of teams when they're low owned, 
And where they're high owned, I'm more likely to not play because they're a high variance team. You want to play high variance teams in GPP. They offer higher ceilings, right? They, they have lower lows, right? I'd much rather play the Yankees at, at low ownership than uh, some weekend at the, the Diamondbacks, right? The Diamondbacks are, would not be a high variance team. The A's, they're bad teams that every once in a while they'll put up a ton of runs, but most of the time they won't. It's not like their lineup is like murderer's row or anything. So on a larger slate, given the choice between like a team like the Yankees or the Phillies or the Braves or the Dodgers, most likely you're not going to get the Dodgers that low owned. Like those are, those are the teams that are going to, going to be higher variants. And you want to embrace, you, you want to embrace the variants. So when they're low owned, it, when they go off, you will win a lot of money. And when they don't, you just lose. And that's it. Welcome to MLB DFS. That's primarily because of these types of distributions. A lot of people treat baseball projections like this normal distribution when it really you should be treating it like a bimodal distribution. More like more. There's so many, so many different types of distributions. But for DFS purposes, I would consider these to think for in a non-mathematical sense, because I don't want to throw out math stuff for people that, you know, have things to do formulas and study and everything, but just men mentally, you just thought in these terms of these two different types of distributions, when you look at, at projections, you'll understand much better. That's why like in MMA, people ask me, how much projection do you sacrifice for ownership? It's like, dude, this is a binary sport. Either the guy wins, the guy loses. And if the guy wins, how often do they put up a lot of points? Then other than that, I, 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 could, I really don't care what the, the median projection is. Because there'll be some fighters that have good median projections that have, very, that have much lower inside the distance lines. And it's like, yeah, because, yeah, they're a minus 400 favorite, and the most likely they wouldn't be a decision and score, and score 78 points for 9,200. It's like, how often do they score 110? Not that often. In this middle zone, they got a lot of 75 to 85s. And that ain't gonna probably that probably ain't gonna cut it on a 14 fight card for like 9,200. Right. So even though the, the projection of 78 is very similar to the, the 9100 dollars guy's 78 point projection. Well, his 78 point projection, maybe he doesn't even score 78 points off of it. It's like this is the type of guy that either crushes you in the first round. The inside the distance, his inside the distance prop is minus 120. It's, and, but he's not as much of a favorite. And he's more likely to like either knock you out in the first round or gasses out and gets killed. Right? Same, same median projection, two different types of fighters. One has a higher ceiling, the one that has the first round upside. Second, the, the other guy, more likely to hit 78, but not as likely to get you 110. So that would be the difference of projections. So it's a little, little refresher lesson to, to some people that may not fit this. Okay, go through the YouTube chat some more. Do, 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 do. Shannon Lambert said, wonder if Dean played any Jonah Heim yesterday. Yeah, I know. I saw him on Twitter. He said he used, he used him as an example like three times yesterday. He ended up the second highest score in DK. Right, uh, Dean yesterday on Grinders Live, uh, I mean, I saw him tweet. I didn't listen to Grinders Live. I listened to Crunch Time. Uh, he said that 
in baseball, anything could happen, right? Any batter on this lake could be the highest scorer. Everyone's floor is zero as a batter, and anyone could be the highest scorer, even Jonah Heim. That's what he said. I think he said that three times, right? And then Jonah Heim hits a grand slam. Right, it was 2%. He was 1.84% owned, Jonah Heim. I mean, if we, think, if we take a look at this, this, this Texas ownership yesterday, it was great. Look, look at this. On a six-game slate, 8% for Seager because he's shortstop and it's a weaker position, right? I mean, look at this. Heim, one, Willie Calhoun, Cole Calhoun, Nate Lowe, 2.5%. Now, Garber and Heim are at the same position. That's why Garber was more owned than Heim. I mean, at this ownership, playing against a 43% owned pitcher, why, why, why aren't I doing that? But you could say the same for Atlanta. But Atlanta was a little bit higher owned because of the positionals, right? So Olsen, Ozuna, Arnaud, Darno, Riley, Albies, a little bit higher. But similar type of concept. Musgrove, high owned pitcher on a six-game slate. The opportunity cost is lower. Tonight, we have an 11-game slate. So you have a lot more teams to choose from. So on an 11-game slate, maybe you, maybe your first instinct isn't to stack against Otani. Because you get five more games on the slate to choose from. And Otani probably doesn't end up being 43% owned. Ends up being 30% owned. The ownership for the pitcher starts getting spread out a little bit more. So you get less and less leverage opportunities. But on a six-game slate, sure. I mean, take a look at Cincinnati. Was Cincinnati? Look at Cincinnati's ownership. I, I think I, out of my fifty lineups, I had three or four Cincinnati stacks. Right? Look, Aquino hit a home run at 06 percent ownership. Look at this ownership on a six-game slate. This is under-owned. Do, do the Reds are the Reds the winning stack? Very often, no, not at all. Maybe three percent of the time, four percent of the time on a six-game slate, but all the ownership is under that. Does it mean you play 50 of those lineups? No, of course not. I mean, you could. Hey, you could if you don't mind, you know, losing a lot on the way to, to winning a lot. Because the Reds became the top stack and you had 50 of them. Probably you come in first, second, eighth, fourth. I mean, all the, you win all the money of all the spots. That, I mean, that's, but that was my strategy yesterday of like playing the Yankees, right? Single digit ownership. There was, you know, that it was a late start. People were scared, but if you listen to Roth, Roth told you there was nothing to be scared about. He, he sung you a lullaby. He said, don't worry about the Yankees, right? Don't worry about them. He said, if they, they're going to do a late, late start and within an hour or so, they'll be, it'll be clear. It'll, they'll, they'll, the game will be in. Don't worry about it. And then that's why I played. I just played a ton figuring that the ownership would be twice as less than, than it should be. And that's what I believe it was. And then Gausman just mowed them down. So <laughs> didn't matter either way. Once I, I could only judge it by the ownership. If the ownership was twice as much as this, I would have been like, oops, I, I oops. So it has nothing to do with the results. I just look at this and go, judge should have been 24% on yesterday's slate. And it was 13.9. Doesn't matter what he did. I win. I win. I win this Klansky box. Okay, do, 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 do.
Let's see. Uh, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Devin's in the chat saying that he had KC everywhere. KC wasn't doing that bad. They were stealing bases and stuff. Merrifield and Mondesi. Dozier had a good game. Just a, you didn't really need that. I mean, the, the stack didn't come through, right? Right, because Perez had zero. He was 20% owned. Right, Bobby Witt, 8, 10. I mean, Ben Attendee. Like, they were, they were, they were over him. The Royals were over-owned yesterday. But they still scored. And I mean, they, you could have had one of these people in a winning lineup. The stack didn't get there. DJ Dog 3K, are you hopping into USFL this weekend? No, I'm not. I'm hopping into soccer and MMA. If you want to play uh, Premier League soccer or MMA tomorrow, that, that, that's what I'm hopping into. Masher says the bet gives percentiles for players that help us account these skewed distributions. Yes. You could, if you have the bat, you could go into the percentile projections and say, oh, some is higher than others. Or, I mean, you could, you could eyeball this. I mean, you could tell just by the seal, just by looking at the ceilings. And, or just knowing baseball, just knowing you look at, you look at Joey Gallo, you look Rugnet Odor, you look at those guys, Hunter Renfro, very high strikeout guys that have power. Those are typically the guys. And then you look at Nicky Lopez or something like that, right? Nicky Lopez or D Strange Gordon. Like these guys have like the lifetime of like five home runs total. So mo most likely their distribution is going to not be as, as, as bimodal. So if they have a decent projection, it's like, maybe what's their upside? Real life picture says I would be the best stats teacher. No, I wouldn't be. Because if I had to teach an actual stats class, I would have to actually know stats. I know as much about statistics as I need to know for DFS. That's, that's about it. And poker, right? I learn as much as I need to know. Do I need to know anything past any of all the stuff that I'm talking about? Probably not. Sean V says, uh, I love this MMA card in DK. Yeah, I don't know. See, the problem with showing the MMA stuff, which I have sort of up, I didn't update odds or whatever, is that they added this Lazez-Lusa fight. And that's going to like, and ownership's going to change. Like uh, the, no, no sites are updated yet as far as like ownership differences and stuff, because we have an 8,800, another $8,800, $7,400 fight, making it a 14 fight card. So I have no idea. So like, I've not, I've not, I've not accounted for what, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow in MMA whatsoever. So I've no idea. There's nothing to talk about. If they would have added this fight, I think that this fight got added to the card like two, two or three days ago. But DK just added it like yesterday afternoon, late afternoon or something. If it was a couple, if they, if they added on Tuesday, our, our, our Roto-Grinders ownership and projection would have accounted for it. Because if I, I mean, I could go right now to, to our, our MMA lineup HQ. And I mean, before the show, I saw that ownership was not updated. It still says zero for those two fighters. So that, so everything else is like just thrown off whack. Right here. Yeah. Right. Lizette, Lizette, zero. Right. Like, so wh what do I know? I don't know. I don't know anything. Right. I need, I need ownership. I also need to update some of the odd stuff. So, so I have no idea. There's nothing to tell you about MMA. Listen to the ground and pound. If you're a premium, premium, uh, Roto grinder subscriber, we got, M we got MMA. I mean, I'm showing you the MMA projections. 
We got uh, the Ground and Pound podcast. We got the, the expert survey. We got we got stuff for you. For the combo premium people, click on the link in the description. I think you get $10 off your first month. Let's see. What else? What else we got? This will be a short show today. I got I got stuff to do after this. I got like multiple shows. I'll be I'll be on Grinders Live later, right? To talk about the 11 game slate. So I'll be on with Dean and TJ. Oh, let's see. They're talking amongst themselves. Do, 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 do. Brian C1809. On a general state, how much randomness do you apply to the hitters versus the pitchers? You don't have to apply any randomness. The only reason to apply randomness is if you want more uh, diversification in your lineups. There's no magic settings. I'm going to constantly repeat this. There's literally no, no magic settings. Build one lineup. Build one lineup by hand without lineup HQ. Without, don't even look at it. Just build one lineup by hand. Now build a second lineup by hand. That are that are good, that you would consider to be, these are good lineups that I want to play in whatever size contest or whatever you're playing. Now build a third lineup. Now build the fourth, then build 20 of them. By hand. Build 50 of them by hand. Build 150 of them by hand. Now, after you're done doing that, after two or three hours, you'll be like, yeah, taking two or three hours to build lineups is, is just untenable, like that hand building. I wish I had a tool to do this more efficiently. Now that you know what lineups you want to build, now you go to the lineup builder and go, I want you to build these types of lineups for me. Okay? So if you're not going in with what lineups you want to build, then what? Then there's no magic settings. People are like, I don't know what to do. Let me just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what settings do I press and then press the build button for it to spit out good lineups? That, that is not how, that is not how these tools work. That's how 95% of people think these tools work, but that's not actually how they work. All it is is solving a math problem, a knapsack math problem for you. That's all it does, right? It's a dumb calculator for that. Oh, uh, let's see. Daniel Hutchins says he's still trying to figure out how to apply his music theory knowledge to DFS. Uh, you could you could teach you could teach people how to how to tilt better. So like when the, when they're when they're in the Discord when 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 Joey Gallo strikes out again, or when uh, or when the Charlie Morton gives up another run like something like that, like you have to teach people how to how to know how to sing their tilt or something it's just something some has to be some type of music theory to something i don't know i'm really stretching here maybe there is maybe there's no application to, to to music theory doug montgomery asks where do you look for team ownership in mlb when do you look i i where do i look on roto grinders <laughs> and when do i look i mean as close to luck as possible when when lineups come in Right? You could go to this page. Let me bring this up. I don't know if it's up for today yet. Because we're still working on, we're still at some point, Slate IQ is going to be ready. Can, can someone, what's going on? Is this, oh, uh, like, just do NBA? Let's go to, let's go to MLB. Let's, let's pause that. Okay. Where's this page? Yeah. Like draft, drafts, 
stack, a DraftKings stack leverage team smash tool. Like I could look at something like this, just like average, just average ownership for the team. Right, this gets updated when our ownership gets updated. So like KCR, 9% total. Ag average. You would see this in Slate IQ also. So I can see team ownership. Now, this is obviously early slate, main slate, whatever. But I'll look at this once the, the lineups have to come out. Like, looking at this now doesn't mean all that much. I get a sense of who's based on our current projected lineups. This is the projected ownership. But, I mean, you have to wait for the, the, the official lineups to start coming in. Yes, and a lot of times by the time the 7 o'clock lock comes around, you may not have uh, the Angels lineup from 940 or something like that. You may have the Diamondbacks lineup from 1010, maybe. It may not matter that much. If, they, if most of the players in that game are not really much owned anyway, it's not going to affect that much on ownership. But yes, looking, looking at, at ownership at 11.34 in the morning, it's, it's not like NBA where things could dramatically change. So MLB looking at stuff earlier is, I mean, could look. I will look. Doesn't mean I'll make any choices. I'll be like, okay, let's, who's on this slate? What's going on for five, 10 minutes? And be like, okay, I'll be back at five. I'll be back later, right? You, you, look, you look in the morning, 11, 12 o'clock, right? I just, 10 minutes. Okay, it looks like this guy projects well on that guy. Okay, people are going to be on the, okay. Let's wait for these lineups to come out, right? And then five, then you sit around for five hours. To do what? The projections already work for you already. They're doing all the work. Oh, let's see. Anything else in the YouTube chat? Feel free to post them in. Before I get out of here, so what do we what do we got on today's slate? You got because we got a nice eleven game slate. I like the large slates. Give me these. Give me double digit games. Give me ten plus games. These these to me truthfully these slates are easier. On a six game slate, I mean, if you didn't have Machado, you're dead. I mean, like there just there's not as many options. On a slate like, I mean, look, Jonah Heim wasn't even in the winning lineup, and he was is one one point eight percent owned. That is even more dramatic on a larger slate, where you you could win in m many more ways, and it's more important to win in ways that people don't have. So maybe maybe Quidditch Core's game gets overowned again, and then maybe you play the Blue Jays instead, or, or the Dodgers, or Houston or Seattle, or or the Yankees again, or you know, like we're look at the Angels Texas game as a ten total. There's a lot of options. Milwaukee four point six total. We got a lot more options today, but we'll see ownership condensed in certain places, and then you take advantage of it. Looks like Rodon's going to be chalky. We have this guy, Mackenzie Core that I've never heard of for 5K pitching for San Diego. Probably only pitches 70 pitches, I guess, but he's cheap. There's a way and we could uh, fi figure it out, figure out many more different paths to first place as opposed to four, five, six game slates. Four, five, six game slates. Now it's more important. Like, like that's what I was talking about before. Like Rodon may be the chalkiest pitcher on today's slate for uh, San Francisco. 
right? Does that mean I'll play a ton of the Indians against them, the, the Guardians, whatever, against them? Well, in a six-game slate, I would say, okay, four-game slate, three-game slate, yeah, okay. How else are you going to – that's going to be the low, that the easiest path to first place. Now, the, the Guardian stack is going to be the lowest-owned stack on the slate. It's going to be low. I mean, they have a very low team total. They're going against the chalkiest pitcher. But also, there's 10 other games to choose from. There's, there's 21 other teams to choose from. You want to get the highest-scoring team. Most likely, it's not going to be the Guardians, right? Even if Rodon gets hit, it may not even be the Guardians, right? Rodon gives up six runs. The Guardians still aren't the winning stack. And there's 10 other games. So even though you get the most amount of leverage stacking against Rodon, it's still extremely low probability. And you got so many other people, you got so many other teams. If if the if the Guardians are a 1% owned stack, Baltimore may be a 1% owned stack also. Right. Detroit may be a 2% owned stack. And it's not even facing Rodon. And you can play Detroit with Rodon. Maybe St. Louis ends up as a 2% owned stack. There's so many more stacks that are in the 1-2% range that do you need to play the, the, the stack against the chalky, the, the best pitcher on the slate? No, you don't have to. Can you? Sure. There's so many more options. That's that's to me, that's the difference in slate size. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Go through. Real life picture says on RG live today. Can you get Dean to go by stacks rather than position by position? Typically, when he has me on, I was on Grinders live on Wednesday morning. Typically, when when I'm on, Dean Dean always Dean always mentions that uh, to talk more of a general overview of the slate. We talk pictures that we talk. Typically, what what I prefer to do is talk pitchers, then talk like value bats. Like for the people that, if you need a one-off for the rest of your lineup, who projects well, right, type of thing. So you look at the, essentially, all you have to do is go to our projections and sort by point per dollar value, right? That's essentially what we do, right? The type of thing where you go sort by point per dollar and go, oh, Bobby, which cheap at 2,400, Bellinger, 2,800, Tellers at 2,600. And at least for the people that don't have projections, like for a free show like Grinders Live, you're giving them like, oh, okay, here's here's some nice quality, the value bats to like, you go through that. Like I can understand that. And then you go to stats and there you go. You don't really play, you don't play baseball. You don't play MLB DFS by positions. So yes. So hopefully we'll be doing that. How many times do I have to say, what catches do I like? Whatever catcher fits in my stack. That's it. Oh, let's see. Give those thummy thumbs before I get out of here. I got, I got another show. I got I'm busy today, people. I'm very busy today. I got to update my MMA stuff. I got soccer stuff to do. I got Grinders Live later today, right? So if, if you want today's slate type of stuff, I'll be back. I'll be back for you, right? So hit that thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I'll be back, what, 445? Four, I believe 445. 445. For, for Grinders Live with Dean, with TJ. And then right after that is crunch time. And crunch time is free. MLB, it's free. And MLB, this is like the first, uh, all year. Every once in a while, we give that little freebies or whatever. But now it's crunch time. Just one long show, 445 until lock. 
just one long show on YouTube. Uh, me, Dean, and TJ, and then we'll switch over to, to Crunch Time. You'll get those guys. Hit those dummy thumbs if you haven't already. And uh, and yeah, so uh, as as I always say, if you're in my contests, you know I wish I don't I don't want you to win, right? I I haven't said that in a while. Most people like wish each other good luck. Like, well, if you're playing on Fanduel, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm playing on. I think I'm playing on Fanduel today. I'm playing on Fanduel instead of DraftKings today. So uh, if you're playing on DraftKings, good luck to you. If you're playing on DraftKings, I want you to lose. Right? But that's essentially what it is. Why would I wish you luck in the contest that I'm playing? If you're playing like the single entry stuff on FanDuel, okay, you could win those. I'm playing the large field stuff. So yeah, I think based on the, the payout structure, they're, they're both horrible today. But DraftKings is extra horrible because they're, they're trying to do 100K to first. It's 100K, 25, 10, and then then you just, why, why, why bother? DraftKings, at least it's a $5 entry, and it, yeah, it's still 30, 10, it's, it's horrible also. But it's 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 hard at this if, if both sites are going to be horrible, I'll play at the cheaper one and FanDuel is cheaper. So so that's what I will be doing today, right? And we got our FanDuel Fan uh, Friday strategy video later. Live lots at two p.m. on the Scores and Odds channel. Grinders live at four forty-five and Crunch Time at six twenty. Right? Why the weird time? Four forty-five, six twenty. We gotta gotta people do people remember that type of stuff? I have no idea. Show up around that that, that around that time. You'll, you'll probably hear me probably yelling at Dean that he's probably he's probably going to say something like, I don't know if this is the type of slate where you need to stack, right? And the, 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 11 game slate, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get that argument, right? When we cover these five game slates, at least I understand what Dean is talking about, right? 11 game slate, if he's going to tell me he's going to pull, pull off the good old one, 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 right? Then, then, you, then, then you see the top come off, right? So, uh, so give me those thummy thumbs. Enjoy your Friday, pay your taxes. And, uh, and I'll see you back on Monday answering your DFS strategy questions, as I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.